just going to make another adjustment. Is that better? Free hearing aids with PRSI at Specsavers. Music to your ears. Find out more online. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, my name is Gary Brown and you're very welcome to the Senior Times podcast. Today's podcast is about a show I've written called The Button Men. The Button Men were Dublin Dockers. They were interesting characters in that they had priority over other Dublin Dockers. The show is starting uh, on the 1st of August in the Viking Theatre in Dublin. Tickets are available on www.vikingtheaterdublin.com. That's www.vikingtheaterdublin.com. And it uh, contains songs that I've written with uh, internationally acclaimed singer-songwriter Damien Dempsey. There are seven songs in total in the show. What I was trying to do was to tell a story, uh, a history of Dublin docks. Some of our listeners would be very familiar with uh, with the docklands and how it worked. But now, at one stage, there was 3,000 men working on Dublin docks. Now there's two or 300 men due to containerization. But this story centers around the, uh, the early 70s when containerization is beginning to come into Dublin docks. It's about dockers, their lifestyles their works, their habits, their practices, lots of which now have been consigned to history. First of all, let me tell you about the button men. Well, the button men were dockers who had priority over other other dockers. The life of a docker in Dublin was interesting, but quite dangerous work, and it was casual labor. So every day, men had to show up for work. They gather in groups, and the stevedores or the foremen would stand on a plinth or or the side of a lorry, and they would just pick out the men they needed for work, depending on, of course, what ships were in and the amount of people they they wanted on on a daily basis. However, if you were a button man, it meant that you had to be picked before any of the other people or the non-button men. So that gave you a priority. Now, the button was interesting. It's an interesting story about the button because the button men came about during the 40s, just after the Second World War, when uh, lots of Irish men who were in the British Army were demobbed and they descended on the docks after the Second World War, coming back from England to try and get work. This caused friction with the existing dockers, who then went on strike and through forming forming a union, were given uh, 500 badges or numbers, which be, then became known as buttons. These were given to men. That meant that these men had priority over other people who showed up for work, so they had to be picked these buttons then uh, were given to different families and they caused, sometimes they caused a lot of friction in families because some, some people in the family would have a button, some would not have a button. The button could be handed down from generation to generation. If the father had a button, he, he could pass it on to his son or if the father retired or indeed if the father was hurt in an accident, this button could be passed on to his son. Now, very often the mother of the family decided who got the button and she could give it to the eldest or not or if she thought that maybe somebody needed it, needed, needed it more than the other, she would give it to that particular son. So as you can imagine, this often caused friction in the family. So this story of the button men, my story is about two Dublin brothers, Desi and Gino. One is a, one is a button man, the other is a non-button man. Uh, Desi, who's the button man, he loves the docks. He loves all of the story and stories and paraphernalia. He loves the practices of working on the docks. Whereas Gino, the younger brother, is quite cynical and thinks it's a very precarious profession and sometimes balks at and, and kind of rails against the life of a docker. 
the life of a docker was precarious, um, not just in terms of danger and the way uh, you went about your work, because there was no health and safety back in those days, but also with the fact that you it was casual, so you had to show up every day, and depending on the, the level of, uh, of, of work requ- uh, that was available, people were picked out for work. You showed up at what were called reads, R-E-A-D-S, and these were these would take take place four or five times a day on different parts of the key. There was a, a, a specific space at the old point depot where uh, men would assemble and a read would take place. Now, basically, a read involved a foreman coming out. The men would gather around and the stevedore would call out men, depending on how many men he needed for work. And as I say, the button men, uh, they got priority. So this very often led to tension between the stevedore and the button men because sometimes the stevedores didn't particularly like the button men. Uh, for various reasons, but they have to pick them uh, nonetheless. In the play, I pick out various aspects of the of the life of a docker and highlight it with the two lads, uh, Gino and Desi. And the read is, is particularly interesting because it was um, it was quite uh, degrading for the men. They had to stand around, often in the snow and the rain, waiting for uh, the stevedore to appear. Sometimes the stevedore would would make purposely make them wait if the weather was particularly bad. And then he, they would appear, and he would call out the names. And in in this uh, in this play, the, the Butman, we actually go through a read. So I'm actually going to call out the read as it appears in the in the play itself. So here we are. Here's the read on the sections from the play. Blowing on your hands as the wind blows through you, stamping your feet to keep yourself warm. There's a lumber ship in from Takaradi. It'll be back on the tide before the morn. There's two coal yanks in from New Orleans, a banana boat in to be discharged by noon. Should get a call for a day or a mimi. Depends on the foreman and the mood he's in. Shape up, here he is. It's Finger O'Reilly. The bastard ignores me because I'm not from his side. The width of this river can cut and divide. It starts like a roll call. He has his favourites. Dempsey, Butler, Smith, McBride. He's looking, he sees me, but he stares right through me. Morphy, Yo-Yo, Budgie and Doyle. The rain's coming in, so we'll get this done quickly. Shelley, Halpin, Hawkins, McCarthy. His eyes are back on my side, maybe he'll see me. Nelligan, Rashers, Thompson, Fitzroy. Ah, come on, you bollocks, don't leave me standing. McFerrin, O'Neill, Downey and Slats. The Bournes are getting narky. There's none of them called out. There'll be uproar and mayhem if they're overlooked. Socrates, Lennon, McPartland and Cook. Malloy, Sweeney, Brady and Dancer. He's coming back this way. Stand close to Ringo. He usually calls him. He's a friend of his son. Ringo, Bulger, Bourne, Bourne and Bourne. I put me cap on. I might make a difference. Morty, Dolan, O'Farrell, McGrath. Come on now, Finger, don't be a bastard. It's the daughter's communion and the sewing machine is broke. Naylor, done. Nolan and Cheney. Gavin, Lawless, McEntee and Lewis. Ennis, Joyce, Fitzgibbon and Ryan. The buttons are all picked now, I fancy me chances. Ah, come on, you fucker, you know I'm a grafter. Bailey, McGuinness, Bergen and Potts. I'm on me tippy toes, he has to see me. If I don't get a call, what'll I do? Roach, Kenny, Burke. And you, the read, the Docker's Daily Roll Call. Sponsored by Expressway. 
With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doro. Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones. Make friends with innovation. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times? Visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook. Budman traditions, as I say, started in around in, in the mid-40s and was still in, in practice all the way up to the kind of mid-70s. In the show, there is a song called The Buttonmen that I've written with Damien Dempsey and it's performed uh, as a song uh, um, by Gary Cook and Andy. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to read it, read this out as a poem and it describes really what a buttonman is. Now, I'm a buttonman and proud of what I am. And if you don't call me, there'll be trouble, you see, because I'm a buttonman. When we're meeting at the reed, we'll be at the front with speed. So if it's a gang of men, five or ten, you better call the button men. You can't blank us, we have our number. You can't blank us, we have our number. You can't blank us, we have our number. For we're the button men. Yes, we're the button men. Now I'm a hard-nosed working man and I can ruin the stevedore's plan. No jobs for his boys, no work for his spies. You won't beat the button man. As we stand in snow and rain, we'll be listening for our names. For we've had to fight to earn the right to be a button man. You can't blank us, we have our number. You can't blank us, we have our number. You can't blank us, we have our number, for we're the button men. Yes, we're the button men. As the ships come through the mist, our names better be on that list, because we've earned our cards, we've got our scars to be a button man. And we always get our way with our bureaus on full pay. If you want no fuss, don't mess with us, because we're the button men. You can't blank us, we have our number. You can't blank us, you cruel slave hunter. You can't blank us, we have our number. Because we're the button men. Yes, we're the button men. The life of a docker was tough and gruelling. And some of the work was backbreaking. Particularly so, the work on coal boats. Coal boats would arrive in from New Orleans or from Poland and even from England. And inside the holes, they'd have loose, big lumps of coal sometimes in big, big slabs and rocks, maybe three or four feet uh, wide, or sometimes loose coal. This coal would have to be discharged by dockers with cranes, and, and a crane would have a bucket attached. So what would happen, the men would gather around, having been picked for a reed, knowing that we're going into a coal hole, maybe spending eight to 10 hours in there with a couple of breaks, obviously. Uh, and these men were grizzled and ready for action. Now, they made good money, but it was backbreaking stuff and it was dangerous stuff. And to cover themselves and uh, to protect themselves from the, 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 the dust and the, uh, that the coal would generate, they often put a woman's nylon around their face and they would suck on a piece of coal to, to keep, their, keep their mouth moist. They would throw their caps into the hold of a ship and wherever their cap landed, that's where they would work. They had, them, had with them what they, what they call their working tool, which was a number seven shovel. The number seven shovel was uniquely made 
to help dockers get as much coal into the bucket as quickly as they could. The number seven shovel was unique. It was heart shaped, but it could take four stone of coal in one lift. It had a huge head, probably about four times the size of a normal shovel. The men would bring these, it had a stubby handle, and they would use these number seven shovels to shovel the coal into the bucket as it was lowered down from the crane. When the bucket was full, the crane would pull it up and drop it into an awaiting truck. The empty bucket would come back down and the men would start again. The number seven shovel was a fantastic tool, but it was also very difficult to lift and maneuver. In the play, The Button Men, there is a song called The Number Seven Shovel. And again, it's sung uh, by Gary Cook, written by myself and Damien Dempsey. But I'm going to recite it here as a poem. I think it describes what the number seven shovel was and what it meant to the dockers. The number seven shovel. It's a real backbreaker in the shape of a heart. It's your money maker getting coal into the cart. Short and strong of handle, stubby but swift. It'll take four stone of coal in one sharp lift. Bending and grinding, breathing in dust. Down in the coal hole, sparks against rust. The number seven shovel is the coalie's old mate. Poking and probing from early to late. The old number seven, the old number seven. I said the old number seven, shovel, shovel. And if all Nick needs some coal down below, if he pays us double, be Jesus we'll go. We've been digging in hell since we started this job. We're coalies, we're dockers, we need the few bob. Shoveling coal till the Angela's bell, getting in practice ready for hell. But we won't go down alone, we'll need our old mate. The number seven shovel, sure they cannot be bait. The old number seven, the old number seven, the old number seven shovel. I said the old number seven, the old number seven, the old number seven shovel. I think that describes what a number seven shovel was and it kind of describes what life was like in the coal hole, bending down, grinding, and very often the metal of the shovel would hit the, the bottom of the, of the ship's hold and it would cause a spark and very often the sparks would ignite the coal dust and there would be a fire on board. And some men received bad burns, um, but that was the danger. However, it was well paid. The, the, the guys that worked on the coal ships got the nickname of coalies, uh, these sh big ships very often were docked on the south side of the river and lots of Ringsend gangs came in and worked in the, on the coal boats. It was backbreaking work. They would put a thirst for the gargle on Mother Teresa. So very often these guys would come out from a coal hole having been worked there for maybe eight to ten hours, covered in coal dust from head to foot and go into the nearest pub or the pub that they were being paid because very often dockers were paid on a daily basis and they were paid in the pub. So this would very often lead to great sessions because you can imagine the thirst you'd have when you're coming out of a coal hole. Working on the docks uh, was very tough, but it also was great fun. And the men had a great tradition of slagging and slagging went on on a regular basis. And to add to this slagging, they had a, a weird cocktail of nicknames that was generated uh, on Dublin docks. Dublin docks was famous for its nicknames. And very often the nickname was a kind of a, a badge of honor. And if you got a nickname, it stuck with you. It only had to be given to you once and then it would take off. Uh, and very often these nicknames, they could be because of some physical um, appearance of somebody or just something that somebody said or the way they walked or the way they acted. And in one particular situation, there was a read called um, for a coal boat over in Ringsend. And the foreman stood up 
and he called out the men by nicknames and he was able to call out 50 men for a Colbo just using nicknames. Some of the nicknames were quite interesting and exciting um, and indeed they stuck with these men for their lives. For example, it was half an apple, commando, dancer, blocker, Pluto, Darky, Ginny Joe, Mayfane, Mayfane, why? Because he loved himself. Pig Eye, Diesel, Aristotle, Cabby, Beehive, Accident, The Clock. The Clock, yeah, he had one hand longer than the other. Hot Dog, Eat the Baby, The Budgie, Dumbo. Dumbo had big ears and couldn't remember anything. That's where he got, the, got that name from. Lumper, Bricket, Rubber Legs, Hippo, Biscuit, Dandruff, Allroyd, Bisto, Goldilocks, Brester, The Bottle. The Bottle, yeah. Nothing from the neck up. Then there was Doodle, Scholar, Panarashers, Hunger's Mother. Hunger's Mother, he'd ate the Lamb of God. Cow's Milk, Our Father, Fig Roll, Betson, The Radiator. Took him a while to warm up. But when he got going, two thumbs, Paxo and Duck Eggs. Can you imagine those all those men being called out? Name after name. In writing this play, the buttman, it's something that's very close to my heart. My own father was a docker. He was not uh, a buttman, he was a non-button man. But he was a docker and he was unfortunately tragically killed on the docks in a working accident. It had a, a, a profound effect on me and um, it, it made me delve in and research the life of, 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 of the Dublin docker. He was killed um, in, a, in a, a tragic accident on unloading um, uh, timber from a, um, a, a timber boat. And he left our house on the 16th of February, 1971, and he never came home. Now, the 16th of February was an interesting uh, date in itself, and uh, some of our listeners might remember. It was known as D-Day because it was the day decimalization came into Ireland, and it was the day we moved from what we used to call the old money into the new money. The 16th of February, uh, it's a date that certainly... Um, was etched, etched into my mind and into the mind of my, my, my mother and my family. It made me do research on the Dublin docks and, 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 and the practices of the dockers. And it was interesting to note that uh, the first dockers were known as hobblers. And hobblers actually went out in small skiffs, small five-man skiffs. And the reason they rode out in skiffs was very uh, out in the bay before the North Wall and the South Wall, where as we know them now, huge there was two huge sandbanks that were built up over time. Uh, these sandbanks or sandbars became known as bulls and you had the South Bull and the North Bull, hence the, where we get our name for Bull Island. And very often these sand, sandbanks that were formed by, uh, by the silt that was coming out of the Liffey and indeed the River Dodder. And very often ships couldn't get through the narrow channel that existed between the South Bull and the North Bull. And some of these ships would get stuck on the sandbanks and the hobblers, they're the original dockers, would row out in these skiffs and get a hook onto the boat and pull the, the boats off uh, the sandbanks and then guide them all the way up into the, into the harbour of Dublin so that they could unload their freight. Now very often as this became popular and popular, more and more of these skiffs arrived and very often you would have out in Dublin Bay maybe 10, 20 of these skiffs just waiting waiting for to see the, 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 the bow of a ship. And what would happen is then they would row out, they would race, a race would begin between the various boats. And whoever got to the boat first or the ship first would throw a hook. And that 
guaranteed that they would be able to bring that boat in into the into the dockside of Dublin and they would get the gig for unloading the boat. And these hobblers very often um, were out in very uh, dangerous and precarious weather and some of them were drowned. Indeed, there is a, there is a statue to, to some drowned hobblers in, in, in Dunleary uh, and it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a statue to three particular young men that were drowned, I think, in the 50s because it was still in practice then. Um, but it was very precarious and it was dangerous, but they were the original um, dockers. Now, the hobblers... Uh, the tradition of the hobblers, while it's gone, the rowing boats um, on the at the end of the the, the Liffey, um, as you know, Liffey is famous for its rowing. It's up the up the end near Phoenix Park, what what we call the posh rowing, and down then down the end at near Rings End is what we have the workers rowing. And and the the workers rowing club were really based on the hobblers boats. These five men skiffs still exist. And if you go over the East Link Bridge today, you'll see on your right hand side St Patrick's Rowing Club. And then if you go down further down, you see on the left-hand side, Stella Maris Rowing Club. And these these rowing clubs still race the original skiffs that the hobblers went out to, to this day. And in in the play, there is a song about the hobblers, which really describes the work of the hobbler and what they did. Um, it's sung as a song in the um, uh, in the play, and I, I'm going I'm to um, recite it here as a poem. So this is called The Hobblers. I'm a rings end man, Jacko dons me name, like me da before me, a hobbler I became. I've a five man crew of fly by nights, we're hardy boys, not afraid of a fight. Well, we ride on the si- on the tide off the southern bull, watching for ships in need of a pull. When the bow appears, we race and row, the first hooked on will be getting the tow. Well, I'm a rings end man in a hobbler's crew, in the icy rain we earn our dew, be it wild or calm, we'll be in the bay. We risk our necks, we'll be needing to pay. I'm a rings end man, Jack O'Dunn's me name. Like me da before me, a hobbler I became. I've a five-man crew of fly-by-nights. We're hardy boys, not afraid of a fight. I'm a rings end man in a crew of five. Back-break work, no time to skive. Hands on the oars and keep her straight. Out between the bulls and don't be late. Close together, rowing to and fro. Singing to the rhythm as we go. Reach your first, that's our main aim. Hobbler against hobbler, it's all fair game. I'm a rings end man with a hobbler's job, rowing out to Liffey to make a few bob. It's our tradition, it's the hobbler's way, rowing and racing into the fray. I'm a rings end man, Jack O'Dunn's me name. Like me dad before me, a hobbler I became. I have a five-man crew of fly-by-nights. We're hardy boys, not afraid of a fight. So I'm hoping some of you might be able to get along to the show, which is starting on the Viking Theatre on the on the first of August. It's running for three weeks. Um, tickets are available on uh, www.vikingtheatredublin.com. It's an interesting and entertaining story. And what I tried to do with this play was to tell an oral history of Dublin Docklands, uh, traditions and ways of life that are now being consigned to history but also try it and tell it in an entertaining way using songs and using examples of the work. As I say, it's, it focuses on the life of two Dublin uh, Dublin dockers, Desi and Gino Dunn. Desi is the older brother and he's a button man and Gino is the younger brother and non-button man. So hope you'll come along to the show and I hope you've enjoyed our talk. Thank you very much. It's been great talking to you.
Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations.